a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. It's 3 o'clock at KSL News Radio. I'm Jeff Kaplan. Partly cloudy, we're at 37 degrees. KSL's top story. Police soon might not be allowed to release names of children in homicide cases without parental consent. Utah lawmakers are signaling that your unanimous support of a bill to help protect children's identities. The bill is aimed at stopping media from reporting kids' names who've been victims in a homicide. Police would first have to get permission from parents before they could give out the name. The family of a teenager who was killed outside Hunter High School last year testified before lawmakers in support. We've had probably two to 300 community members and family members show up and told us, hey, it's all over the news. It's all over this. It's all over that. They already announced their boys' names and gave them out. You know, and up to this day, it still doesn't sit well with me. The bill has already passed in the House without a single vote against. Bill sponsor Candace Perucci says she's hoping this is just the beginning and she wants to be more proactive in the future in protecting families' privacy. Amy Kobabe, KSL News Radio. Remember the body found on the side of I 80 a few weeks ago in Chibota County? Well, now a third person has been charged in connection with the killing. The mother of one of the two murder suspects is being charged with obstructing justice. 51-year-old Johnny Marie Estrada was there when the gun was fired, but claims she put her head down and didn't see what happened. Afterward, police say she got together with two murder suspects to make sure they had their stories straight. The state of Utah is suing a local TikTok influencer for domestic violence over something that happened earlier this month. KSL News Radio's Peter Johnston reports. Taylor Frankie Paul has 4 million followers on TikTok who watch her prepare for church and clean her car. Hi guys, come clean my car with me. Uh, if you think my house is bad, my car is 10 times worse. She was arrested two weeks ago after police officers responded to a neighbor's call about screaming and yelling in the Paul's home. The influencer allegedly attacked someone in front of the officers and accidentally hurt her five-year-old daughter. These five charges amount to a maximum jail sentence of 16 and a half years and a maximum fine of over $20,000. KSL.com reports Paul's husband filed for divorce last year. It's been a bit of a roller coaster for a bill that would ban statements related to diversity, equity, and inclusion for admission or jobs at Utah schools. KSL News Radio's Lindsay Ertz reports the bill died yesterday 
but was then put back on a committee agenda. Well, it's been on a little bit of a wild ride over the last 24 hours, and we noticed late last night that it got put back on an agenda, but then just this morning, it was again pulled from that agenda. So if that gives you any indication on how fast things are moving, I have spoken to the sponsor, Representative Katie Hall, of that bill, and she says they are going to be studying that during the interim. A bill that has at least one committee could be heard anytime before Friday. The fate of President Biden's student loan forgiveness is now in the hands of the Supreme Court. Maria Chaleos is live at the KSL National News Desk. At the high court hearing oral arguments from both sides on the loan forgiveness plan, six Republican-led states are suing to block it. On the Senate floor, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer calling it a slap in the face to working Americans. The burden of student debt makes it harder, harder to achieve the American dream. That's what's at stake before the Supreme Court. But Republicans like Senator John Thune call it government overreach. This isn't a government handout for the needy. This is a government handout that will disproportionately benefit American Americans who are better off. It usually takes the court about three months to issue a decision. Emotional testimony today from a Michigan lawyer at the House Homeland Security hearing on immigration. Rebecca Kiesling lost two sons to fentanyl overdoses. She believes the drug was illegally smuggled across the southern border. You talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. Kiesling says her sons thought the pills that they got from a drug dealer were Percocet, but they contained deadly amounts of fentanyl. A gun reform rally today at the Texas State Capitol. Among the speakers, 10-year-old fourth grader Caitlin Gonzalez, who survived the mass shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde last May. I shouldn't have to be here right now, but I am because my friends don't have a voice no more. Uvalde survivors joining gun control advocates to call on lawmakers to address the gun violence epidemic. Live from the KSL National News Desk, I'm Maria Shaleos, KSL News Radio. Did you abruptly wake up to the thunder snow at about 2 o'clock in the morning? So it was rude, right? So what the heck causes thunder snow? David Dujanovic asked KSL meteorologist Matt Johnson. What you're doing is you're getting grapple and you're getting snowflakes passing each other up in the cloud, and that creates static electricity. The difference okay. in electricity charges between the cloud and the ground causes a lightning strike. Boom. Matt says there's more snow to come, by the way. In fact, weather models indicate we're in for a very rainy and snowy March. On this February 28th, Governor Cox says he wants to do something about one of the major polluters contributing to our winter inversion. Governor Spencer Cox has requested that the EPA make the area around the U.S. Magnesium Refinery part of the northern Wasatch Front ozone non-attainment area, which would allow the Division of Air Quality to do more to address that area's air quality concerns. The refinery on the southwest end of the Great Salt Lake made headlines last month when a NOAA study found at times it could contribute up to 25% of the PM2.5 pollution we breathe during winter inversions. However, U.S. Magnesium President Ron Thayer called the study, quote, totally erroneous and tells me that some of their systems that could cause pollution are down right now and claims the state hasn't reached out to them about the NOAA study. The EPA now has 18 months to decide on the governor's request. Adam Small, KSL News Radio. And first look traffic. Good afternoon, Ricky. Good afternoon, Valley Freeway traffic. Not too bad, despite having a report of an accident westbound I-80 near Bangor Highway. Right now, I'm not seeing any kind of delays. We do have some surface street issues, a crash at Redwood Road, 1200 South. That's in the cleanup stages and an accident, 5500 West, just south of 1700 South. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. 
Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.